Welcome to Recovery Plus Podcast. Fuck yesterday, focus on today. I'm your host, Dr. Mainly Hannon. Here, we celebrate and honor people in recovery one conversation at a time. Let's talk. Welcome back. This is episode 42. Denise Hamilton Mace has enjoyed what some may call a colorful life. With 24 years of experience working in pubs, bars, and restaurants in the UK, she has seen, heard, and done it all. But two years ago, after losing her job in the pandemic, Denise decided it was time for a change and started looking at life a little differently. It started with an interest in her own personal fitness, which led to completely rethinking the way she treated her body. From the food she ate to the booze, she soon realized she just didn't enjoy drinking anymore. Now at 43, Denise launched Low No Drinker, a magazine for the sober curious, bringing the people, places, and brands leading the low no alcohol revolution to the masses. Denise says, it really doesn't matter if you're a teetotaler or just looking for some options to keep a clear head for work in the morning. Low No Drinker magazine is a no-judgment zone where I just want to help people to know what they have choices available when they want them. Take a listen. Well, hi, Denise. Thank you for coming on my podcast. So good to see you. Hi. Good to see you too, Mandy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let's dive right in. So share what your relationship was with alcohol. So I have, I've never had a sort of a rock bottom. For me, alcohol wasn't something that I, I one day turned around and went, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Sure. But I have had um, a very close relationship with alcohol for a very long time. Um, my career before doing the magazine was in hospitality. So I had spent 24 years working in bars and pubs and clubs and restaurants um, and it is a well-known fact that hospitality has one of the highest prevalences of, of alcohol misuse because it's just there. Right. You know, it's just part and parcel of your life. It is normal to drink all the time. And I remember we would say things like, because we're always busy, right, on a Friday, Saturday night when everyone's out having a good time. And people would always say to you, like, oh, gosh, you must be rubbish. You don't have weekends to go out. And we were like, we don't do weekends we just have late nights so it doesn't matter whether it's a monday or wednesday or friday you finish work whether that's a day shift in the afternoon or a night shift and you don't finish till two there are bars to go to <laughs> and you know sure. when you work in hospital you find them and you know the other bartenders so you drink you drink a lot uh, and you drink at work and you drink on duty um, and it's just normal right um and you don't think anything of it well um, i mean let's be honest you're in the uk right you're in london yeah, and, i am indeed okay so london and the uk are not known for sobriety right <laughs> right there's a lot of pubs over forty thousand of them or more yeah. so it is really alcohol centric right it is a huge part of our culture. It's, mm -hmm. it's a huge part of who we are and what we do. And to be honest, I still like a pub, you know, it's, it's a place where people come together. It's a place. Um, so for example, where I live, which is a, a little, um, quasi village called Carshalton on the, on, uh, near Sutton, which is near the edge of London. Um, you know, we have our village pubs and you go in there and everybody knows everybody. everyone, uh -huh. or at least, you know, quite a few people do. You're always made to feel welcome. Families go in, your kids go in, the dogs go in, you know, <laughs> it's, 
it's very much just a place that it's accepted that people spend a lot of time. And of course, the majority of people there are going to be having a drink. Um, but it's, it's hard in the UK to do something without there being a pub involved or a bar involved or, you know, let's, let's meet up and see for ages. Where do we go? We go to the pub. It's the first sure. place you go. And at the coffee shop, not Costa, not any other place, you know, it's always the pub. Um, and I was in, in, the, in the process of doing this research. I have found that things are starting to change, though, mm -hmm. because apparently now one in three UK pub visits are alcohol free. So wow. people are. It is changing. Sure. The, the, the vibe is changing slowly. Don't get me wrong. It's not overnight. Um, but I don't think pubs will ever not be part of our culture. Right. It's right. too ingrained. So with this, so you've been in that hospitality world. What it, what? What shifted for you? Um, well, it was a forced shift, really. So I went on maternity leave with my second. My, my, my oldest was two years old and I had my, my second. And um, during the time I was on maternity leave, COVID hit. Oh my goodness. And so everybody went into lockdown and my then boss kept telling me that everything was fine. It's okay. And I'm like, mm-hmm, sure. Right. Um, and then one Friday evening, he sends me a text message to say, hey, Charles going to be in touch. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's Friday evening. Why are you sending me this in a, in a WhatsApp? So anyway, I lost my, my job. I got made redundant. Oh. Um, and I didn't really know what to do with myself. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I did know was that I had two small kids and I didn't want to go back into hospitality. I didn't want to go back to those hours. I didn't want to go back to that environment. Um, it is eye-opening when you have your first hangover as a mother of a young child <laughs> because the kid doesn't give a damn. They don't care, do they? <laughs> do not care. And it was, oh my God, it was horrible. You know, just like, because you get a hangover and you're like dying on the sofa and feeling sorry for yourself and, right. you know rolling over into last night's noodles, noodles or whatever you've got left over from your takeaway. And like, you can't do that with a kid, right? You've got to like get up and stuff. keep them alive. <laughs> right, feed them and stuff. <laughs> it was kind of like, well, look, I can't go back into this world. Right. I can't go back into this um, this culture that, that that's a lot of work and a lot of drinking and a lot of drugs and a lot of partying um, and successfully look after my kids so sure. I the only thing I knew that I was interested in was my personal fitness so I started to exercise more and I started to read more about it and it was kind of like a um it was this this path that I didn't know that I was on and um, as I started to work out more and read more about it I started to really think about what I was putting in my body and what effect it was having on me mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. led me to decide to study so I signed up for the Open University. Do you guys have the Open University in the States? I don't know what that is. So it is um, uh, an online university for oh, the UK. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's the biggest um, uh, student um, university online and it's really highly accredited. Nice. Uh, and it's for basically mature students like myself. Mm -hmm. in my, in my, I was 41 when I signed up. So I decided to go back to school and study for a degree in sports, fitness and coaching. Uh -huh. And as I was doing that, um, I'd been doing a nutrition course and just began to be more aware of what I was putting in my body. 
And as that was going on, I realized that I was enjoying putting alcohol in my body less and less, right? Like mm -hmm. I was far more aware of the effects that it was having on me at the time of drinking, after drinking, I was suffering. I've always had bad hangovers, but mm -hmm. as I got older, they got worse. Right. And like, I could be hungover. But like, the, I, I, my worst was ever, I, I threw up for 24 hours. Oh like, God. couldn't that's, keep anything down. That's like alcohol poisoning. Poisoning, right? right? Yeah. I completely Dang. messed myself up. Um, and, and, but then after that, you know, it still takes like another three days to get like your brain sure. back. And, you know, I, and I was just horrible. Like it wasn't good for my husband. It wasn't good for my kids. I had no patience. No, like I was just going through the motions. So yeah, so that all kind of culminated in me going like this booze stuff just isn't doing it for me anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not making me feel good. Mm -hmm. At the time I felt like when I was having drinks, I was drinking for the sake of it, you know, like. Because oh, you're drowned all the time, right? Yeah. Then you're like, okay, I should have a drink or, you know, I, I, you, it's Friday night. You have to have this or you're meeting up with friends, you, you know, go on, have the shot. And you're like, oh, I don't really want to, but it's expected. Uh, so I there's mean, pressure. It's, it's pressure and it's habits. I think it's a combination sure. of the both because uh -huh. I have good people in my life. You know, I have good friends and I have a good husband and as they would never sort of be like, oh, we're not going to talk to you if you don't do it or sure. you can't come out. It was still that sort of like, oh, go on, girl, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, come on, Denise. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it just kept dawning on me that this wasn't working for me anymore. And I, I guess, you know, it's, it's, as, as they say, you know, it just wasn't serving me anymore. And, and I say anymore because I did have some good times. Sure. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not one of these people that disparages their entire past to, right. to, to the future. I had some great times. I had some awful times. I had lots of fun. I did some dumb shit, you know, <laughs> it, 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 a complete it. mixture of everything. Sure. Um, but now it's just, it's just not doing it for me, really, I guess. Right. So a shift of quality of life. Yeah, totally. So, totally. I don't know if we're through COVID, but it's, we're not locked down. So hey. what happened through that? So you have your second child, then what? Yeah, so I had Isla and I, to be honest, I was just a bit lost. I didn't really know what to do. Like I said, I didn't want to go back to hospitality. Sure, right. I knew I wanted to learn more stuff, but I, I never knew to what end. Mm -hmm. So I'd say to my husband, I said, I have no idea what I want to do. I said, but I can go and get a job if, you, if, if that's what we need to do. Um, but I don't know what I'd be doing. And I spoke to my old boss and he tried to put me together with some people and he even got me um, the opportunity for an interview with another bar company. And the anxiety that I felt welling up inside me when I thought about even oh. going to the interview was palpable. Like I literally, my body was like, don't do this to me. <laughs> what are you doing? Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I was so anxious and like physically nervous. You know, like when you get like tingles when you're nervous. Yeah, right. And I was like, look, I can't, I can't do this. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not going to be this. Right. So I actually then spent a couple of years just not knowing what to do. So my, my daughter's three now, she'll be four this year. Um, and so I studied, I 
um, did a few sort of side hustles mm-hmm. online, you know, work from home type stuff. The remote. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. But nothing that sort of fulfilled me or had any value in it. And I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, right, I'm 41 years old now. This is probably my last chance to reinvent myself. I mean, I know it's probably not, but at the time, yeah, yeah, right. Yes. But I'm like, if I want to start something new, this is probably the time to do it. Um, And I just knew that I wanted to do something that meant something to me. Mm, I'm one of those people that, yeah, right. And when I work, I work hard. You know, I, I, I put the hours in. I'm not afraid to do the hard work. But what I didn't want to do was put the hours in and do the hard work for somebody else doing something that I just didn't care about. Right. And looking through like the job sections, like, there was nothing that interested me. And I'm like, well, I'd rather look after my kids and figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, I even thought, well, this could be it. I could just be a housewife forever. And then I was like, God, that's a horrible phrase. I said, it's not. That's not me. So, yeah. So then um, the the whole sober curious thing just kind of came, I just came across it by accident. I wasn't searching for it. I came across the term mm-hmm. and I was like, what, what's, what's this? What is and um, yeah. So I found this book. So Ruby Warrington, who is the author of the the book So Be Curious right. and the, the really long subtitle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, let's just read it and see what it's all about. And I, I was reading it and I thought, well, this is kind of me. This is what I'm doing. Like I hadn't given it a title. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it was a movement. <laughs> it's just what I'm doing. And I thought, well, there's something in this, right? There's something around this it interests me it excites me Mm. the world is changing all I kept hearing was that the millennials aren't drinking and this I I can't remember what all the the gens are there's so many different ones I always (laughs) think there's z right now (laughs) I said it's z and I said x I I don't even know which one I've been I always (laughs) (laughs) it was like there's groups from every generation who were like reassessing their relationships with alcohol and it turned out, you know, that it wasn't just me, right? It wasn't just me going, I need to drink a bit less. And then every time I mentioned it to a friend, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 let's meet up. But I'm not really drinking that much at the moment. I was really surprised that they were all saying, oh, my God, yeah, I can't cope with the hangovers anymore. And, yeah, I don't enjoy it that much either. And, yeah, I think it's so much more prevalent that people are cutting back on their booze. But there's still so much, because it's such a drinking culture over here, there's still so much stigma around it right. that people don't like to say it first. There's some like Nobody. hesitation, right? Like, oh, yeah. I might be judged. Is that? Yeah, exactly. Oh. You know, unless you're you're pregnant or on antibiotics, you know, <laughs> like what the reason for the female drinking. Oh, wow. Well. Oh. <laughs> you know, so... um. Yeah, I just found that a, a lot of people were, were feeling the same way that I was. Was that and like a so, relief for you or how was that for you to know that you weren't alone? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a pretty confident person. So I'm very much um, able to, to stay my own course. But what it made me realize was that there are so many people out there who themselves aren't very confident with, thinking they're the only ones. Uh-huh. And that's really what spurred me on. It was 
the fact that there are other people out there that might need some help to be able to put their hand up and say, I don't drink very much either. Um, and I've always been a manager. I've always had teams. I've always led people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, how can I use those skills to help those other people who don't feel confident enough in themselves to say, mm-hmm. I don't want to drink anymore? Um, especially coming from, you know, like I had a really, obviously like a party girl reputation, mm-hmm. you know. You were in, the, in so, the business. Exactly, exactly. So I actually... Um, used that to start um, an Instagram account, which um, was about fitness and not drinking, um, which I had called Sober Curious Fit Mum. Um, nice. Yeah, right. This was a mouthful. And um, I was using that to sort of post reels and post memes and, and stuff and say to people, it's okay to not drink very much. It's mm-hmm. okay to be sober curious. It's okay to have a drink and not want another one and, and that sort of thing. But I was still sort of like, well, what's the point? What is the point of this Instagram account? What, where is it going to take me in the future? Yes, it's, it's great to help people, and I do want to help people, but I've got a family to look after, right? Right, right. you got mouths to feed, literally. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I had the idea months and months ago, I was like, well, maybe I could do um, a podcast or a blog or a magazine and I was like yeah but I don't know enough about this stuff and I I parked the idea I wrote it on a post-it note and I stuck it on the back of the door and I forgot about it and I went back to just you know doing old workout videos online and stuff Uh like that Uh um and then one day um about six months later I woke up in the morning and I was just lying there going oh god right gotta get up I should do a magazine and it just hit me. And that was it. There was no prior planning. There was no build up. It was like, I should do a magazine. And I remember I got up, I got the kids ready, took them to school and to mm-hmm. nursery. And I came back and I was like, is anyone going to be interested in this? I'm like, of course they are. There's loads of people. How do I do it? I don't know. And I had tons of questions <laughs> going through my head. Wow. And tons of self-doubt. Sure. Um, because whilst I'm a confident person in conversation, um, I am the poster child for imposter syndrome. I'm like, what? Mm. The, I don't know well, what I'm doing. Oh. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, let me just ask people. So I created like an online um, survey thing, survey questionnaire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I sent it out. I put it on my socials and I sent it out to some people. And I got like 30 responses, which I know isn't a huge amount, but the overwhelming response was, yes, we want to see this. We would, we would read it. We would look at it. Um, you know, I asked questions about how often and if they pay and all this sorts of stuff. I got loads of responses. And then I realized that, oh, my God, I put this out there. That oh. means that people want to see it. Oh, now no. what do I do? You do yeah. it. And so I did it. I had it. It was just like that. <laughs> and that was, I don't know, it was a couple of months ago. And it just snowballed. Because I was like, oh, my God, what if somebody else sees this form and they think about it, they should do it. Like, I didn't want someone to steal my idea. Right. <laughs> well, that's amazing. So let's dive deep into the magazine. So really briefly, I congratulations, because you just launched Thank this you. not that long ago, a few days ago, correct? A few days ago, on Tuesday, yeah. On Friday oh, my now, God, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I I got the... I got to view this digital, it's a, it's a digital magazine, right? Yeah, right. So um, it's a 
it's designed to be a digital publication. Uh-huh. Um, I am working on being able to get um, it as a print on demand. Um, but if that turns out it's like really expensive and not great value for the reader. So I'm looking at, at resources. But in the meantime, it is digital. And that's the main point of it anyway, because it is full of like live links um, for people to go and find out more about the articles that they read. Um, so it's the a name of it. Oh, of course, right? <laughs> right. Right. So, Denise, tell me about the name of this magazine and who's your so, target? It is called, good question, ladies. <laughs> I am, so, it is called No No Drinker Magazine. And the tagline is for the sober curious. Love it. So, the idea is that it is for people who are cutting back or thinking about cutting back on how much they drink to provide information and resources that they can go to again and again. Uh, It is, and this is really important to me, it is a judgment-free zone. It Mm. is not there to tell people that they should give up drinking. It's not a recovery publication. Uh, I am not a therapist. I am not a uh, trained recovery advocate or anything like that. I am just a woman who has realized that drinking less um, does more for me. And I want to share that with people. I love that. Uh, wow. Yeah. Put it to the masses is what, right? Yes, absolutely. So it's there for anybody, right? So you might be somebody who's already decided that they want to cut back on their booze and you're like, great, okay, there's stuff there. But you might also be somebody who's like I was, you know, a couple of years ago going, I really like going out. I like going to the pub. I like going to barbecues and hanging out with my friends. I just don't want to get drunk. And you want to know what else you can have, right? Because do you want to sit there and drink soda water all night long? Or a Shirley Temple and have... or drink a child yeah, right? drink? No. You know, like I'm sherry fed up of going out and it's like, I'm with my kids and they've got like a box of juice and I have an orange juice. It's like, well, no, I'm a grown woman. Right. (laughs) I still like the act of drinking. I like the act of socializing. I just don't like being like drunk and hungover. So it's, it's full of beers and wines and ciders that are all either alcohol free or no alcohol. So it's important that people know it's like, it's not a complete no alcohol zone. Um, and one thing I've noticed, um, especially we're saying as, you know, you'll have a lot of listeners in the States, is that different countries have different rules on what is low and no alcohol. Right. And yours and our rules differ a bit. So Good point. Yeah. It's always worth just uh, checking, checking stuff for yourself, as you should do anyway, right? Right. When you have a look at the, the drinks and stuff. But like there's a spirits company in the first issue um, who are a low spirit company so they have 10 percent spirits right instead of the standard 37.5 percent and then on this other hand there are other spirits in there that are completely zero percent so it's just like a range of resources but then there's also it's full of people i think people are the most interesting right so yeah the brands are there and you want to know what the beers are and you want to know what you can buy but there's I found some amazing people who wanted to share their stories. Um, so I've got people writing book reviews uh, about, you know, quit lit as it's, as it's becoming known. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I've got people writing their, their own journeys and how they've come out the other side of, of drinking loads. 
Uh, I've got the origin stories from some of these brands. You know, there's one one brand um, in there, a lady called Colette, who runs Myth Drinks, which is a um, sort of a rum alternative. Uh-huh. She tells a story about how her husband gave up drinking alcohol because she was an alcoholic. Um, and her husband gave up drinking alcohol. Well, he didn't have any problems, but just so that he could marry her. You know, oh, it's like sweet, how beautiful, cute it is. Wow. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm looking at your magazine right now, and it's stunning, uh-huh. right? Because oh, it catches the eye, absolutely. And one of your stories here is Alcohol Change UK ambassador Michael Singh goes from booze <laughs> yeah. to nude. I I want you to just talk a little bit yeah. about that. It's well, a, a great story, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is a lovely guy called Michael Singh, uh-huh. um, and he and a friend, um, Michael Sarsgood, um, were chatting away one day, um, on a, on an Instagram live sure. and thinking about the things that they could do with their talents to raise some money for, um, alcohol charities. And they were joking around about things that they could do. And they were like, oh, well, you know, maybe one day we could do like a, a calendar girls type nude calendar. Right? Nice. <laughs> and this chap, um, Michael Singh, he's a very shy guy. And um, he's, he's very, you know, sort of self-conscious uh-huh. um, about himself and his body. And he was like, no one's going to want to see that. Like, they'll pay for us to keep our clothes on. This is a silly <laughs> idea. Yeah. Um, and I guess his friends sort of talked him round uh-huh. and they decided, let's see what happens. Let's give it a go. Let's just put it out there in the universe. And, um, they put a post out and they said, look, guys, we're thinking about doing this calendar. I don't suppose anybody would be even in the least bit interested. And within 24 hours, they had 10 strangers who never met them, who didn't know them, come back to them and say, I'll take a picture. I'll do something. Oh, wow. And within the space of like a month, like another fast turnaround, right? Yeah. They had these amazing sober and sober curious people who went and found their family and friends and said, look, I'm going to pose nude for this calendar. Can you take my picture? please?" Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I know, right? And it was like one um, one of the the models uh, did it in their back garden, so they had to go and knock on the neighbor's door and say, "Look, could you please not look out your window for the next couple of hours? So I'm going to be doing this." Oh my goodness, um, that's amazing! Brilliant. It's so much fun, and like he he, when we delved into why he did it, and he was like, obviously to raise some money, so it's for um. Alcohol Change UK, which is obviously nice. a, a charity in the UK that helps people with addiction. Okay. <laughs> um, but he said he really wanted to show people that being sober is not just about being boring and prudish and living this sort of reclusive teetotal life. And he's like, you can be sober and still be sexy. And I, I think it. they smashed it. I love it. I'm looking at it. It's amazing. And I think that's a really good point because as looking in your magazine right now, one of the things that are striking to me is like people are enjoying themselves. And I think that's one of the struggles for people um, either in recovery or in the sober curious movement. How do they have fun? 
you know. Right. Um, and there's a lot of fear of missing out. So, you know, and other people might get triggered. Continue to tell me a little bit about Sober is Sexy, this this guy who yeah, decided to so, do this calendar. Yeah. So as I was saying, he really wanted to show people that being sober isn't boring and right. that you can have fun and you can have a good time and you can have a laugh and you can be sexy um, and not drink. Like, because, you know, alcohol is so entwined, isn't it, with, a, right, with sexuality right. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and actually, in the next issue, I've already been speaking to a lady who's going to be doing a piece for me on dating and sexuality oh, while that's sober. that's awesome. That's a big yes, one. I think it's huge because you do, like, you use it for your Dutch courage or, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, modern dating. You're always in a bar or, you know, I, for one, in my past, there's always been booze involved in sex. So right. it's really a huge thing. I think one area that people probably worry about loads. Oh, that's um, an excellent point because I think the question was how do people have a good time alcohol-free? Right. Now, I understand right. there's low alcohol too, and but for the sober curious in particular, yeah. it's it's zero, right? So how do they have fun? So talking about having sex sober, you know, that's got to be frightening for many, yeah. you know. Um, and like you said, doesn't matter how old you are, but if you're dating – and there's mm. no alcohol involved. That that seems counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we're so used to relying on it for our confidence and for, uh, you know, just that, that backbone of support and like, okay, if we've got nothing to talk about, we'll just drink. Or if I don't feel confident to, to make the first move, I'll just have another shot. Right, you right. Know? Or, you know, and that one shot leads to God knows how many, and then you're all over the place, you know. So I think dating and sex while you're sober, I mean, I'm I'm married and have been married the whole time. I've been cut back on my alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I don't know personally much about the dating side of it, which is why I'm really hoping that, um, I'm really excited, sorry, about this article that this lady's going to um, put forward. Um, but I can, alcohol was definitely a huge part of my dating scene when I was right. younger. I think 100%. a lot of people, yeah, could relate yeah. to that too. Um, so now your magazine is launched and yeah. this first edition, fantastic. I recommend everyone to look at it, whether you're, I think the articles are beautifully written and really interesting. Thank what you. do you, what can people expect in this edition if they haven't seen it yet? What would you share with them? Yeah, inside the first issue. Um, so there is a lot of great stuff. So as we talked about, there's that sober is sexy article. Right. Um, there are um pieces about all types of and all the different elements in your life. So there's a feature on exercise. As I mentioned before, I'm really into mm-hmm. fitness. Nice. Uh, there's a um a a, a a like a PT lady who has done a piece on the impacts of alcohol and your your strength gains oh. and you're working out wow. so it's not just like don't drink it's bad for you but it's like there's some actual facts behind the impacts that alcohol have on your muscle growth for right. example right right um but then there's also um a great feature which I love called new kids on the block which is about new drinks that are coming to market so stuff that I'd never even heard of before myself, brands mm. that I didn't know were, were doing things, uh, a brand called Veg Basia, who, which, who make an Aquavi alternative. And I'm like, I didn't even know this was a thing that people needed. I didn't even know what that is. 
Exactly, exactly. So it's mm. like a aqua is like a grain spirit, you know, like a gin or a vodka, but it's it's a different type. Wow. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. I want to bring new things to people that they didn't know about before, that they hadn't heard about or they might not know for themselves. I think that's um, great. Yeah. Uh, there's another great feature that I love um, uh, about a company called House of Happiness who right. do clubbing events. Um, so uh, they are based in London, although I have it on good authority, they are going to spread. I don't know when they'll be coming across the pond. That would be amazing. Over. Uh-huh. Um, and they do um, dry or sober clubbing events. So they take over a well-known club in London and they have DJs, glitter, um, a six foot four drag queen, um, and they strip the bar completely of all alcohol and fill it with completely alcohol-free drinks. And you wow. go in and for four hours during the day, you rave like you're back in your 20s. Oh my <laughs> God, that's so cool. So much fun. So much fun. Um, there is a piece from an author called Daisy Buchanan, who's written a few um, uh, really successful books. Um, she's not written about um, alcoholism or, or, or addiction, um, but she herself has given up alcohol for the last nine months. So it's really interesting getting her perspective sure. as a writer on, on what that's done for her writing. And she talks about how alcohol turned her into... I think the quote is something like um, uh, a, a, a disgruntled toddler. And there's even a skincare company. You know, there's the founders of a skincare company called Duval's, who um, the founder used to be a, um, I guess she would have called them an it girl. Did you guys have that phrase, it girl? Yeah, yeah. You know, heard that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and she used to party with celebrities and, and all sorts of debaucherous activities. <laughs> um, and, you know, she's turned around and given up alcohol and launched uh, a really successful skincare brand. Wow. So it's, I've tried to make sure that it spans a lot of topics rather than just being about the perils and the evils of alcohol. Because I, I don't idea. think that works. Right, you know, I, I don't love that, that idea because it yeah. really reshifts kind of how it's perceived of it's really about wellness and alternative choices right. it sounds like yeah. um and and so i think that's a beautiful way to do it because it doesn't matter if you're in recovery or sober curious but really it's just a different way of looking at things and being healthier and having choice and alternatives would choice. you say that yeah yeah it's all about choice a good life is about choices right you yeah. know if you've got the if you've got options you're, you're lucky Right, because a lot of people don't have have options, and you know, having the choice and and the possibility to make decisions that can be better for you, um, is is really special. And but what I think, I don't think people respond well to being told what to do. Oh, I no. I don't respond well. Neither actually, no, nothing. <laughs> And I think that telling people not to drink and telling people that alcohol is bad for them and telling people that it hurts your liver and this and the other, people know this, right? People aren't stupid. We all know. It's like smokers, right? You know that it's bad for you. Right. You're not doing it right. Oh, oh, really? I had no idea. Let me give up straight away. Right. It's like people have made this 
they've got the knowledge and they've made the choice to do it. So rather than beating people over the head and telling them that alcohol is bad for them, I prefer to look at it as just having a conversation and going, you know what? Drink if you want to drink. I don't care. It's up to you. It's your life. But if you don't want to drink, did you know that you could have this? Or did you know that this is an option? And did you know that if you want to catch up, we can go to this sober place Mm -hmm. and we can check out this bar, you know, and that's it. And then what people do with those choices, that's up to them. Right. But to know about that. So there's, there's a part of this that's entertainment. There's a part of this that's inspiring. There's a part of this that's educational. Um, And to your point, it's a judgment-free zone. This is more Absolutely. information because there's more information actually about the, 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 the dangers of alcohol and substance use. There's more research out there than any other time. And there's yeah. more interventions and treatments than any other time. So information is out there. But what yeah. makes this magazine so unique is there's nothing like it, is there? No, I don't think that I did a lot of research beforehand, like right. a lot. Um, and there, I found a couple of, you know, publications across the globe. Like there's something in Germany, um, they're completely online. And there just seemed to me like there was definitely a gap for this sort of approach to, to looking at things. Um, any magazine I found, there was, there was one other that I, I had found uh, on your side of the pond, but that is a completely sober magazine. So that mm. is like a recovery publication. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, there's Grapevine, which is put out by um, Alcoholics Anonymous, which is obviously, again, a complete recovery thing. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find anything that was just saying to people, you know, you do you. You do what you <laughs> want to do, but here's some information. Um, and that's all I want to do. Like, I don't want to judge people. I don't want people to feel like if they have a look, they're going to be bombarded with, um, you know, scary stats about liver disease. I don't want people to feel like they can't be part of the community because, you know, they have to be completely teetotal. There are people who've written in that magazine who aren't teetotal. There are people, um, I've got a chap coming for the next issue who is um, a, a bartender. And he still drinks alcohol, but he also tries to drink as little alcohol as possible um, when it's his choice. You know, when he's doing his things, he creates alcohol-free cocktails, you know, but he still drinks as well because it's part of his job. So it's like, cool, if that's what you do and that's what you, your process is, right? that's fine. Here are some options. I love that. I mean, drinking is on a spectrum and it's no judgment. It's like people just want to know, do they have choices? Like some of the, a lot of the things you have in here is different types of spirits and non-alcohol with low. And again, the magazine is called Low No Drinker for the Sober Curious. And really it's for anyone who's like curious about like what other things are out there to drink. Like um, you mentioned the the term teetotaler, teetotal. Mm -hmm. Describe that for me for a minute for others. Okay, great. So uh, teetotal is just somebody who has taken the decision to not consume any alcohol whatsoever. And um, it's a phrase we have, uh, it's quite um, frequently used over here in the UK. Um, and it is sometimes um, said with a little derision or, you know, sort of a bit of judgment and, sure. and looking down is like, People who are teetotal, even though it's not spelt like tea, the drink, it's it's heard like that. It's T E E total. 
Um, but it's heard like that. And people assume that if you're teetotal, you sit around drinking tea and, oh, I see. you know, uh-huh. watching Crossroads or, or whatever. Or doing Crossroads you know. puzzles or. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's another thing that I want to do with the magazine is to show people that there are things that you can do just because you decide not to drink. It doesn't mean that you have to stay home. Um, right. There is an article from um, a lady called Ellie McKay, who's a, a, a property entrepreneur who did something called One Year No Beer, mm-hmm. um, which is an online challenge. Um, I don't know if challenge is the right word, but it, it, it's an online program rather mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where you give up alcohol for, for a whole year. It's almost like so dry than... January or, or but, but it's for a year. Right. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, and she talks about. Um, how when her and her husband did it, they um, wanted to, she was like, you know, a year you can experience almost every social occasion, right? You've got birthdays and wedding anniversaries and all sorts of stuff. And she says specifically they wanted to keep socializing. They did not want to sit indoors and be hermits for a year. They wanted to know what life was like without alcohol rather than, just not drinking alcohol and sitting home and watching TV, right? And I think that's really important because your life doesn't have to stop just because you don't want to drink. And you mentioned earlier on, you know, that fear of missing out. A lot of people have that fear of missing out. I had that fear of missing out. You know, when your whole social life is around getting drunk or whatever else it is that you're doing, you're like, well, if I'm not doing that, then then what? Then what, right. you know, is anyone going to want me to go out with them anymore? You know, am I going to be able to keep up? Am I going to have fun? Am I going to feel judged? Am I going to give in? Am I, you know, there's, there's, there's all of that in there. Um, but I wanted to show people that your life doesn't have to stop just because you don't drink, right? In fact, for a lot of people, life can really Again. take off. Right. When you stop, when you cut back on your alcohol, right? You know, and this, 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 um, one year no beer challenge, which I highly recommend people go and, and have a look at. Look at. Um, I think it's it's found under the acronym the OYNB. Um, it's a really great way of showing people that you know you can experience everything that you normally experience in your life, and you can do it without alcohol, and you can still have a really good time. Right, and I know? think I would add to that. Um, it's the company you spend with too. You know, if right. there's other people that are in a similar mindset um, that are choosing, like you were talking to some of your friends and they're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I want to kind of reduce or not for now, yeah. or I'm drinking less for now. That also probably helps to find your people. Um, so yeah. you can all have yeah. a really good time. Um, so yeah. again, I want to thank you for being here and sharing the Low No Drinker magazine. Again, one of it the first of its kind, this is going to go off. I feel it. This is going <laughs> to be something class. amazing and really, you. you know, really helpful because it, it gives you resources and insights in a really beautiful way. Just like in magazines, you're using this platform really, really beautifully, I think, um, for the sober curious and anybody else who is interested in choices and wellness. Anyone, and that's right. right? Um, that's right. I think that's fantastic. And so, you know, this is going to go big. I can feel it. And I'm just <laughs> curious. You. There's a lot of people probably listening like, hey, how do I get how do I get this magazine? Sure, and sure. also, you know, 
what's next for you. Maybe it's this. So what do you think? Okay. Okay. So, uh, First part, how do you get it? Um, it is digital, so it's online. You can go to www.lownodrinkermagazine.com uh, and that's low, L-O-W. So lownodrinkermagazine.com and uh, you just need to sign into the website and you can read it for free. It's uh, a completely free digital publication for now. Mm -hmm. um, who knows what might happen with it in the future, but for, for the moment, it's completely free to read. You can download it if you want to, to your phone and read it on your commute or, mm -hmm. you know, however you want to consume it. Um, and as I said, I'm working on getting print editions uh, organized as well. Um, and in terms of what happens next, do you, to be honest, mainly, I'm really excited about this magazine. Nice. I'm really, really excited about what it, what it has shown itself to be in just the first issue like I'm really proud of it um yeah. and I know that as women we're, we're not we not often say those sorts of things about ourselves but you know I am I'm really proud of it nice. I think it's come out really well I'm really proud of all the contributors who've been a part of it and I would like to just keep building a community around it because it's not just about me, right? It's not just about me producing my magazine. It's about building a community where people can go and feel safe and not judged and like they have options, as we've been saying throughout, you know? So I want to keep growing it. I'm always on the lookout for people that want to get involved. Um, so as we mentioned, I'm based in London, um, but because it's digital, it is available around the world. And I already have subscribers in, uh, well, the, the two biggest markets are the UK and the US. So thanks guys. Yay. Um, I've also got readers on the list at the moment in Barbados and Costa Rica and Sweden and Germany and Iceland. And I was looking at the list and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, there are people all over the world who right. want to get this information and want to use it and want to use it to help them in their lives. So um, wherever you are listening to this wonderful podcast, if you think it's something that you want to get involved in, then feel free to jump on the website, get in touch, have a look at the magazine, you know, give me a shout, let's talk. You know, it's, it's, it's about building something bigger than, bigger than me right now. I think that's fantastic. And again, this is Denise Hamilton Mace from the UK, the editor, <laughs> chief editor of Low No Drinker for the Sober Curious and Beyond, really, for everyone. Yeah. And I've, I've read it and I want to keep in contact with you. I think it's amazing what you're doing. It's actually very, Thank very you. needed. There's this momentum, right? As the beginning of yeah. our conversation, you were saying that the, the tides are changing. Right, they people are. are becoming more and more focused on wellness, like the new generation Z or whatever it is, the millennials. <laughs> Whichever matter. Right. We're all kind of reassessing what the relationship is. And yeah. And now I would ask you at the end of mm -hmm. our interview, what is your relationship with alcohol now? So um my relationship with alcohol now is pretty good, as in I feel that I've really taken back the control and the power when it comes to booze for myself. Um, I barely drink anymore, you know, full, full strength alcoholic drinks. 
Um, but I don't consider myself to be 100% sober. Um, because for me, I don't believe that, um, for me personally now I'm speaking, right. uh, it's, life doesn't have to be all or nothing. I think that making the right choice for myself at any given moment is more important than right. laying down a, a, a track of this is what my life is going to look like forever. And because I've been able to say that to myself, I now find it very easy to not drink. Um, my husband still drinks and he has his drink shelf in the kitchen, which is just full and full and full of bottles and bottles of spirits and, and things. And right underneath that, because he's like quite tall, and that was my <laughs> drink shelf, which is full and full with bottles of no, no alcohol products. And it is fantastic. So when we have our, uh, what we used to call Prosecco Fridays or Fizzy Fridays, mm -hmm. where we, you know, put the kids to bed and watch a movie and have a drink. We still do that. Just that now mine is uh, alcohol-free drink. Mm -hmm. um, but having said that, you know, uh, New Year's Eve, my friends came over for because they've got kids. We've got kids. You can't go out. So, right. you know, you just do New Year's Eve at home. And he brought over a, a magnum of champagne. And I was like, well, you know what? It's New Year's Eve. I might have a glass of champagne. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had one. To be fair, it tasted really weird and I didn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like uh -huh. three sips. <laughs> Much to his annoyance, um, and put it down. But you know, in the past, I would have felt obligated through no fault of anyone's but my own to finish that drink. I would have gone right. No, it's been poured. I got to drink it all, and I've got to have more. There's a whole magnum to drink. Whereas now, I just walk away from it and just go. You know what? You're not for me right now. Right, and, and that's it. I think that's beautiful because you're right. Nothing is absolute. You have you get to have that choice, and choice means it's flexible. Um, yeah. And again, I just really appreciate talking to you at the launch of your new life, new magazine, yeah. um, and see where this goes. So, thank you again, Denise. I really appreciate your time. This was fantastic. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Graham. It's been lovely. I was uh, I was a little bit nervous, but you made me feel very comfortable, and it's been a lovely chat. And Thank you so much for all of your support um, and your kind words about the magazine. It means a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to Recovery Plus Podcast, Fuck Yesterday, Focus on Today. I'm your host, Dr. Maylee Hennan, celebrating and honoring people in recovery one conversation at a time. This podcast is sponsored by Red Door Coaching and Consulting, and you can find my podcast on Amazon, Apple, and Spotify. Also, you can find me at my website at www.reddoorcc.com. You can email me at mhennan at reddoorcc.com if you're interested in transformational coaching. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.